Banner here. Welcome to another edition of this Afropolitan Life podcast, where we have intelligent conversations and thoughtful commentary with Afropolitans from around the world about our stories, our community, and our lives. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of this Afropolitan Life podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Mr. Evans Banner. <laughs> I told you, you so we were loud? doing something different this, this, this time around this year. And this year, we're going to have something called the Weekly Rundown where Ev and I kind of give a weekly rundown of current events, news, things that have kind of gone on uh, uh, in the news and at home, too. So welcome, Evans. You're the first guy on the Afropolitan Life podcast. Mm. Do I don't know how I should feel about that. You should feel very, very special. Really? Yes, very special. So what, what put me above all the other men? I think you have something cool to say. I think you have a pretty good perspective on things. So it's not just like my handsome face, not my big hand. No, that no, none of that. Not the broad shoulders. No, okay, all right. It's not gonna be that kind of you podcast, Evans. <laughs> it's not gonna be that kind of podcast. All right, it's going to be rated G. Okay, I'm not trying to. Why well, aren't we you. all adults here? We are adults here, but I'm not. I I do not know. I know how you go and. Your I feel like your audience this, is going to be no, your frequency on unduly this podcast, biased. Your frequency on this podcast is tied to how well you behave. See, this, this is like a Trump type move, it's, right? <laughs> She's trying to limit my First Amendment rights. <laughs> They're always trying to muzzle us because we have so much to say. Speaking That's of how Trump, it is. let's get started. Uh, let's talk a little bit about politics. Uh, this week, Trump. He uh he changed Black History Month to uh the National African American History Month. He changed the official name. Is that is that how I'm understanding it? Um some accounts say that he changed the name, some accounts say that he did it. Yeah, I think he signed a proclamation. Realistically, that's one of those things that's like I guess he just has too much free time on his hands. Do you think he has free time on his hands with all the stuff that's going down? Obviously so, yes. <laughs> If if his concern is that Black History Month should be National African American History Month, what's the point? What <laughs> like, I want to know is... He couldn't create jobs. He couldn't be making America great again. He's working on that. No. I guess he has a lot of extra time, huh? Well, what I want to know is, like, what, what the impetus was. Like, why... First off, he, he knows nothing about black history. Look at what he said about Frederick Douglass doing more and more great things and becoming more and more recognized. Like, that dude is, like, way, way dead. Like, been dead Man, for, like, Frederick Douglass years. is at my job. He was <laughs> writing papers yesterday. He's on top of the world right now, you know? Yeah, the Trump. That was crazy. What were your thoughts on that? <laughs> nothing. Maybe he misspoke. Maybe he didn't. All I know is... Maybe he's talking about a different Frederick Douglass than the one I know, all right? Because Frederick Douglass in my job has been putting in extra time. It's about time he got recognized for all his work helping out the black community, okay? (laughs) Um, So that's one thing that our president, who's trying to make America great again, did. The other thing that is kind of trending or that we're all just kind of keeping watch on is this travel ban and immigrant rights and all the stuff that's going on with the the seven is it seven or nine uh seven seven countries. Mu- seven con- seven muslim majority countries that he's temporarily banned he says from coming back to the united states uh and the things that have kind of ensued since that uh executive order that he signed what do you what's your thinking on that situation 
See, it's it's a complicated situation because at some points what he's doing is exactly what he promised people he was going to do when he got elected. He said, I'm going to ban Muslims. Everyone sat there like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, it's not right. But that's what he said. And maybe for the first time you have a politician who's actually doing 100% what he told people he's going to do. Now, the reason I think he'll, it's going to stand, because when it comes down to it, there's a large segment of the population that feels uncomfortable with all the quote-unquote radical Islamic terrorism that they're seeing going on. And they're going to see any halt on people coming from countries they deem as dangerous as beneficial. Because since 9-11, I think people have more and more given into their fear and kind of given up the liberties that are the bedrock and the foundation of America. But don't you think it's becoming way too much, though? Like, I feel like I'm in George Orwell's Animal Farm, where the pigs get up there and little by little, your rights get itched away. And all of a sudden, you're in like in a in a government in a place you don't want to be like a place you never thought you would be and i don't know that the republican party is going to give us more rights with what they're doing or if these if like the rights are just pretty much going to evaporate into thin air uh you know just with what he's doing with the media and kind of um, slamming the media and in essence kind of shutting them down um and so what you'll have is a media that's playing, trying to play tricks and pony to get his attention or to get a question answered by him, you know? And so then the media becomes skewed. Then you have First Amendment rights, which are being revoked as we speak with people not being able to protest and all this stuff. And now you have people who aren't able to travel back and forth freely, even if they have green cards to come to this country. That's a slippery slope that we don't know where it ends, you know? Well, I think the main thing has always been that the freedom of speech has always been an illusion in American history. So the Constitution says that Congress can't pass a law bridging the rights of the people to free speech, but that doesn't mean states can't make laws that restrict speech. And what's happened is you have the right to say anything you want politically, but you can be locked up for it. So how is that freedom of speech if you can be arrested and prosecuted for what you say? It's a right that doesn't exist. Yeah, but at the same time, with that being said, there with America, there is this inkling that even if you do get locked up, the courts, you can make your case. And the courts will look at that objectively, kind of like with what Angela Davis did. She you know, pretty much put the justice system uh, on trial during her trial in the 60s. But with the environment that we're in right now, with the Patriot Act and all these different things, I feel like even if you were thrown in jail, and with Trump being now about to appoint some right-wing guy onto the courts, I don't even feel like the courts are on your side anymore. Like, we don't have objective courts anymore. I mean, not that we ever really did, but still, it's just... Even if Trump was to put somebody, like, truly conservative and out there on the courts, what is he doing? He's replacing the seat of Antonin Scalia, who was already considered truly conservative and out there. It doesn't shift the balance that the country has been in for the last 40 or so years. The courts are the same. But that's the problem because they refuse to seat President Obama's pick for the court. And even then, I think it's the mistake Democrats have always made, which is 
they always look to see how can we put the most centrist person, the least controversial, while the Republicans always say, let's put the person who stands for our values, who sees things the way we see them. So while they're moving towards the right, the Democrats are trying to meet them in the middle. And what that means is that the judicial system gets shifted to the right. Because if we were both starting on opposite ends and met in the middle, that'd be great. But when I start in the middle and you meet in the right, our only place to meet is somewhere in the middle of that, further to the right than where we want it to be. And so though Trump may be doing these things, it's also up to the opposition party to stand up. I mean, with the uh, immigrant ban, like I said, it may be bad in how he implemented it, but I don't think he's going to face a lot of blowback because there are a lot of people who are going to say he's doing what he can to keep us safe. Now, the flip side of that argument is if the Muslim countries start feeling like you're specifically targeting and banning Muslims, which Rudy Giuliani didn't help by saying, you know, Trump called me and said, how can we ban Muslims? <laughs> and I said, hey, you know, I, and how can we Rudy do it Giuliani legally? Giuliani just needs to, like, sit down. But he's another, you know, character. But the thing is that, like, with them doing that way, what they do also is you make it easier for groups like ISIS or Al-Qaeda or whoever to recruit because it validates what they've been saying, which is that America does not have a problem with us. America does not have a problem with terrorist actions. They have a problem with Muslims. They don't like you because of your religion. And to be honest, in a lot of ways, that's true. Because just, just from what I know, I know someone who's Muslim, who has a you know Christian mother, a Muslim father, and we've been to church together. And when we went to church, the pastor was doing the whole sermon on Islam and how Islam was wrong. And he turned to me and said, you know, he was very frustrated. And he said, you know, when I go to the mosque, they don't talk about Christians. They don't teach or give sermons that Christianity is wrong. But now when I go to Christian churches, I hear sermons about how Islam is wrong. And what they do there is you create an environment for these people to be disenfranchised. And then when you add to that uh, immigrant ban from Muslim countries, you create an environment where it's easy for ISIS to say, see, they don't like you because of your faith. They're against you because of your religion. And when they do that, it's easier to recruit. So what he's doing whatever his intentions may be, have a big chance of backfiring. Oh, this is why I brought you on the podcast, Ellen, because, you know, I wanted you to kind of dish things out and set things straight. You know you just wanted to be close to me. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you? Don't let her fool you, people. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so um, given the ban and everything, I guess, you know, that's, you know, Trump is one thing, but given the travel ban and things like that, do you think that that's going to, change or you think it's going to be one of those things that kind of stick around look i think eventually it will go away because i think that he's going to get a lot of pushback from people who hire immigrants what's helping him now is that the countries he's banned are not countries where our businesses hire a lot of people from if someone from yemen gets banned there aren't going to be a lot of companies up in arms about it. They're not importing Yemeni's labor. And that's, unfortunately, is the truth about it. 
There's also countries where the U.S. does not have a lot of business. Like you go to Iraq, you go to Iran, there aren't a lot of U.S. companies invested over there. So Oil there companies. Aren't, you know, they are U.S. citizens and there is an exception. And actually, after the Iraq war, the Iraqi government limited American companies' participation in the oil fields over there. There was an article in a post about how um, Rex Tillerson as CEO of Exxon had gone there to negotiate deals, and they'd done deals with the Iraqi government hoping that Iraq would give them access to more of their oil and more of their reserves, and it didn't happen. And so though they invested in, they didn't get the gain that they thought they'd have. So now that Rex Tillerson is our Secretary of State, is that going to change? You know, I think it could be complicated. My personal view is that he will look out for what he's always looked out for, which is the best interest of him and the company that he's worked for for 40 years, ExxonMobil. Yeah, there's some loyalty there. However, you know, if there was any way to turn his skills and expertise to actually benefit the country, it could be helpful because as the CEO of Exxon, he's done deals with Vladimir Putin in Russia. He's done deals in Iran because he's gone where the oil is. He's done deals with the Saudis. And in some oh, ways, okay, okay. Nah. but no, but in some <laughs> ways, his, his experience with them, because he came from a company standpoint, it's all about business. They have a relationship. I the understand thing is that. intentional. This is the same thing you did before Trump got elected. He was like, you know what? They get their own taste of their own medicine. He's probably not going to do all the things he said he's going to do. Yada, 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 yada. And I was like, all right, maybe you're right. You're a smart guy. And here we are. <laughs> oh, Trump is president. We have to make it clear. No, we do not. No, 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 no. <laughs> here we are. I said here that are. there are some things he could do that up. would be beneficial. Like you said, Trump is president. It might not be that bad. Granted, none of, neither one of us voted for this dude. Just, just putting that out there. Here we are, and he's doing all the things he said he would do. Everything I was worried about, I was like, Evans. I was so disheartened with the immigrant ban. Like, my heart, like, my soul, my soul was leaving my body. I was that close to leaving this earth, Evans. I was so <laughs> upset, okay? But you were like, you know what? He's not going to do nothing. He's not going to do nothing. It's just an executive order. The Congress controls the money they can't execute it yada 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 and here you are flipping the script on rex tillerson now like i really do not think <laughs> i do not no. think he's going to use his expertise and his skill to better our position in oh, the world. i didn't say he would i said if he did right if he did dude don't even try if he did do not even try to semantics I did, right now you can rewind <laughs> i said if he did because it's important like yes that guy has the connections in the pool to do some things. Is he the type of person who's going to use that to benefit the comp country or to benefit Exxon? Unfortunately, I think he's going to use his skills to benefit Exxon. He's still the CEO. He's probably still going to have stock options in Exxon. He's heavily invested in the fossil fuel industry. That's where he's made his career, his bread and butter. If he has stock in uh, Exxon, isn't that akin to Trump-sized conflict of interest? Everyone in his administration has conflicts of interest. Oh, case in point, when Dick Cheney was vice president, before then he was CEO of Halliburton. He was still being paid by Halliburton as part of his severance package while he was vice president. Halliburton received no-bid contracts in Iraq during the Iraq war. Massive conflict of interest. They also overbilled the U.S. government, but 
unfortunately, the people who have to enforce that are the Congress. And right now, to what I've always thought is the biggest issue, I think that people who focus on Trump are caught up in the smoke and mirrors and they're missing the bigger point, which is that we have strict one-party Republican control of the House and Senate. And judiciary. And the judiciary, but they've had that, but you're right. And the thing is that there are certain things that as a party and as a movement, they say they want. And to tie back into what you said, yes, I do believe that people who voted for Trump should deal with him. I do believe that maybe America needs to have him as president but and he needs to carry out too, all those that's things. That's my point. We suffer too. The people who did not want Trump Let me ask you something. suffer as well. I think you're actually wrong about that. Just, just This is why I'll say that. I think that, because um, honestly, like, I've had a lot of conversations about this with my coworkers. I've vented about this. But I think what it comes down to is there's a group of people in America who feel like the economy's passed them by, their jobs have passed them by, they're not getting the success, they don't see the brighter future, that American dream. And I think what the conservative party has done very well is convince those people to vote against their own self-interest by putting up straw men. So immigration, you don't have a job because there are all these illegal immigrants taking away your jobs. So what happens if they ban the illegal immigrants? They're still not going to have jobs because it has well, nothing to do with the legal immigration, well, right? We ain't going to be working at McDonald's. But I guess that's the thing. Those are the people who do not have the options that we do. Like, for example, like Social Security, yeah, right? McDonald's better come up off $15 an hour. McDonald's isn't going to come off $15 an hour. If and there were no immigrants, they would. They wouldn't. It, well, actually, no, you're right. If there weren't any immigrants, they would have to. Because if you are paying me seven fifty, and I have to live off of that, right? I'm not going to take that job. This is supposed to be a free market society, supposedly, where your income is supposed to rise as the uh, demand for your skill set increases and the supply minimizes, right? So consequently, the very term jobs Americans won't do is wrong. If the labor market was working like they tell us it's supposed to, if an American won't do that job, then the wages would rise to a point where somebody would do it because they're being paid enough to do it. So are you making the case for no immigrants? Huh? Are you making the case for no immigrants? No, I'm not because a I'm an immigrant. <laughs> America America would be nowhere. There's The only Native people to this place are the Native Americans, all right? There's no almost, and there's almost no one in this country who's not an immigrant. That whole thing, this is so our what do you country. Th so what do you think? So where, where are the Africans at? That's one of the questions that a lot of people have been asking, like, I, I talked to him like, you know, we're so mute on topics like this. I know that we talk about it in our homes and the hush hush and stuff like that. And, but what can we do to get more African participation and more African voices in this foray of, of immigration rights and immigration? I feel like when the Spanish people do it and, and make, a, make, a, make, a, make some loud noises, then we, we reap the benefits, you know? Uh, yeah, but, but what can we do to... <laughs> I think, like, especially when it comes to Mexicans and Latin Americans, the reason their voices, like, the reason I their voice is heard. No, to me, it's not language. It's because they do the, quote, jobs Americans won't do. When you go out to, like, the agriculture industry, look at who's doing most of the farmers. 
when you go to construction now, who's doing most of the construction work, the cash paid work? It's the Mexican immigrants. And the question is why? It's not just Mexicans. It's, it's Hispanic. That's why I said, uh, you know, Mexico, Latin America, the ones that can move freely. And the reason is because you can pay them cash under the table. You know that they don't, they have, some of them have immigration issues, so they can't complain if you don't pay them their full pay. They can't complain if you don't give them benefits. And there's other people trying to get those same jobs. So it artificially brings the um, wages down, and those companies are able to make a bigger profit because they're not paying the labor the rates they should be paid. The other problem with the job industry, just to be honest, is automation, which is there are a lot of robots that can do the jobs that you were paying factory workers to do. They're machines. So I mean, you go to Panera Bread now or most restaurants now. You can't, like, grocery stores, you roll out to the... I don't even look at the people behind the cash register no more. I'm going self-checkout. I, I got to go. I don't need to wait in line. <laughs> and, like, Panera Bread, the, I hadn't been there a long you time. I walk in there, right, and I'm looking, like, where do I order? It's, like, 15 monitors, like, press right. the order here. And there's one guy at the register. Why am I going to wait in line and there's 15 monitors? Unfortunately, what that means, though, wait, is so you don't only feel... need one cashier and I need a couple people to make sandwiches. So you don't, think, you don't think you feel a responsibility, a human responsibility to go up to that cashier and have him check out your stuff? Just no. to... <laughs> See, that you're part no. of the problem, Adam. I'm not yeah, part of anyway, the problem. Anyway. You don't go to the cashier either. I got a kid. I got two kids. One of them is like crying that the other one did something. The other one is asking me to buy them half the items in the store. <laughs> I got to go, all right? So I'm going to go to the register. I'm going to scan, scan, and go. <laughs> and walk out the door. And that's what's happening. Unfortunately, that's the other part of it. And another part of it is the types of jobs. Because like I said, I've done work in coal country. And you drive down there, there are very, very few jobs. And those coal mining jobs, for a lot of those people, those were the only Who jobs that, for decades. That guy, it was all over the news with this white guy. He was, he was a Democrat, but he didn't look like what you would think a Democrat looks like. And he was like, man, those immigrants, which immigrants are you going to find trying to go down the coal mines and, and work in the coal fields? And yes. Like, They're not going to do that. They're not going for the... Look, in Chile, where they had the coal miners and the mine collapsed, they were stuck down there for weeks and months. Who wants that job? Only a person who doesn't thing. have other <laughs> opportunities. You ain't going to find no Africans <laughs> jumping in a hole in the dark talking about going there. Or black people, they're going to be like, why? Why? Who's in there? <laughs> it's like the scary movies, right? You walk up, it's the dark cave with the rickety tracks, and they're like, I think he's in there. And I'm like, yeah, you can go by yourself. <laughs> Let me know how it turns out, right? It's, it's, but it's ridiculous. But those, those people, those, like, that's the job that they've had. Their dad had it, maybe that had it, but it's the only way to make a living because some of those places, the houses are far apart. There's no Walmart. There's no city center. You got a couple diners, maybe one local market, a grocery store further out. Where are they going to work? And I've been places where maybe they've brought in call centers, but there's only so many call centers in America. And even as the highest paying jobs in those areas, they're $9 an hour. And they're limited positions. Although the cost of living limited is lower. Positions. The cost of living is lower, but there may be like 100 employees in that call center. You got two shifts, day shift, night shift. You, you and your than, husband working there. Yeah. Oh, I've seen some. 
And you're not only that, but you're also competing with your kids. Because when the kids get out of high school, they ain't got no jobs. And they'll take less money. Because we're in there, right? There's some people, some of the people are older who've been there for a while. Some of those people were like young, fresh out of high school and stuff. That's their job and they're working. Some of these places, they put the call centers, because I worked at one when I was at Tech. They built it near College Town. So summers, I was driving down there to go work at the call center for the summer. So you, you got the, the regular the regular people there. You work at the call center? Yeah, I worked at the call center. <laughs> I was answering calls. Dish Network. I was answering calls. I had one dude call up there one day, talk about some, this satellite dish ain't working. I was like, I'm sorry, what can we do to help you? He was like, i like to come up there and shove it up somebody's ass. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> he was like, I'm not talking about you, but you know. Okay. Anyway, so that's, that's enough about Trump and politics. Let's talk about entertainment. What's going on? Beyonce's having twins. I heard. I don't care about that in any okay, way, shape, topic. fashion, or form. Right. I'm See, sorry. I, I can't talk, Beyonce. I'm not like your, I'm not the biggest. Okay, I'm a Beyonce fan after um, Lemonade and maybe a little bit before then when she came out with her self-titled al- album, Beyonce. And I started to like her because I felt like... You know, and I've already done a podcast on this. I'm not going to go into it. But she's having twins, and she you know, put herself out there, and, you know, she's doing her thing. And I haven't seen the pictures. Okay, never mind. I All have right. no intention Let's to see the pictures. On. Anyway. So I got <laughs> enough kids to deal with on my own, okay? My two are more than enough for me. Thank you. In other news, Evans joined the HOA Association. <laughs> <laughs> This is funny. Okay, this is funny because Evans is the type of dude who will sit at home and talk and talk and talk about all the things going on in the neighborhood that should be changed and don't work and yada, 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 but won't want to do nothing about it until he got a letter in the mail. Okay, and the letter in the mail came in. The letter in the mail came in and said that our yard, our front yard, had dead leaves and dead branches and was quote unquote unsightly and my husband flipped his lid. Evans, would you like to to, to go into detail look, about how you ended up look, <laughs> I, I handled it. I I could have had as uh the boondocks would call a nigga moment. I didn't have a nigga moment. I handled it like the adult professional that I am. Yeah, I got a copy of my ACC guidelines, Which our homeowners guidelines. Committee yep. guidelines. First, but before then, Let's I asked the man. Is. What is the ACC guidelines? The ACC guidelines are the guidelines of how you your buy your house. Look. They give you a book and say, you got to follow this if you live in this community because sure. it's your homeowners. Right. And if you don't, you're going to pay a fine. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. Now, so what I did is the guy says that we didn't rake the leaves up. Now, mind you, this is December 22nd he came out here. In the middle of winter, right before Christmas, supposedly. Which no one saw him do. He said that. Creeping around in the middle of the day sometime, (laughs) right? Sneaking around the front. So he sends a letter that says your lawn is unsightly. So my wife starts. She sends him an email asking, you know, what's the specific violation? Because I knew if this dude saw it, it would be a a problem. He said we ain't rake no leaves. So then I went and got the guidelines because I wanted to know, okay, Am I doing something wrong? Let me make sure I'm not wrong before I say anything. Being the lawyer that he should have, would have, could have become. I read the whole document. <laughs> there wasn't a single line in there that said I had to rake the leaves by any set amount of time. There was no restriction, no requirement on leaves. So I kindly asked the gentleman, 
can he please point out where in the HOA guidelines it said I had to rake the leaves? And he ignored my email. Like I didn't exist. So the next day. I showed up at the HOA meeting. <laughs> okay. I had printouts. I had highlights. My expertise is compliance. I know about compliance. I had a certain. But the BS about all of this is it turns out. We get there and it's like, it's like a whole bunch of old retirees, like all sitting around the table. All the retirees were there to complain because they all got a letter to include my neighbor who has a walker with the two tennis balls on the front. (laughs) Right. The man is like 70 some years old. Served in all the wars, has every back ailment, knee ailment, and my man walked with his walker all the way to the HOA meet and said, I've been here for 23 years. I ain't never got a violation. Now you going to, and he had to hire somebody to come blow the leaves off the front of his hill. All this because the HOA had a problem with one guy in the neighborhood. Do you hear how loud? One guy. It had one guy. And what did that guy do? That guy ain't rake his leaves. And the guy said, I couldn't just give him a letter. I had to give everybody a letter. Which goes to show how important it is to actually take part and participate. That's the lesson here, Evans. And I hope you learned it well. Participate. Mm. Because (laughs) people make rules and you don't, if you're not a part of these rule making, then you lose out, you know, yeah, but to your point, isn't that the problem with America where you only have 51% of the people vote? Because no matter how much people want to get up and protest and complain about Trump, you know, where were they all on election day? Right? People, people voted on election day. Some did. And yes, he did and get we're more still popular trying to figure vote. Out whether or not he but, actually won the election. But where's all the other people? Where's the other 49, 48% of the people in this country? Where were they making their voices heard? Where all the people, if you guys were worried about immigration bans when he said he was going to build a wall and uh, ban Muslims, where were all the Muslim Americans turning out to make sure he didn't win because what he was saying wasn't going to help them? Those people didn't show up. And I guess maybe take it back to what I said earlier, um, you know, for the people who did show up and who wanted these changes, I think it's time for them to get them and live with them. So, for example, like the Republican says, they want to cut Social Security. Wait a minute. How do you get back on politics again? Because I'm like that. No, I'm see, nice. I'm me. nice. We're cutting it off. It's <laughs> She's trying to muzzle me, America. She's been trying to muzzle me our whole marriage. You know, I've been holding be on ten, strong. We're going to be 10 I years fight married. The good fight. Evans. Evans, pay attention. I can't see you. Pay attention. I can't we're, see we're you. We're celebrating our 10 year anniversary this year. How are we going to celebrate that, baby? What are we going to do? Okay, guys. It's uh, it's been great. It's been real. Uh, till next week. Talk to you soon. And, and make has, America great again. This <laughs> the weekly rundown. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. That wraps up another edition of the Sacropolitan Life podcast. For more tips on curating a life you love, visit thesacropolitanlife.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. The more you comment, the higher we rank, which makes it easier for people to find us. Have questions or comments? Tweet me at Life. Till next episode, this is Clarissa Banner reminding you to stay grounded in love, truth, and culture. Peace.